very, very instructive things I want to tell you. And plan to act on the word. See? Plan to act on the word. Something I've noticed, sometimes, you know, pastor will be talking, I mean, I'll be talking, probably I say something, and because we have coined, you know, the devil is very smart. He can easily turn a spiritual thing into a religious thing. Very smart. Can easily turn a spiritual thing. Like, prayer is supposed to be a spiritual thing. He has been able to turn it into a religious thing for some people. So now, prayer becomes like an obligation in the morning. They are not looking forward to receiving answers. They don't know the dynamics of prayer, the technicalities of prayer. They just have to pray just to fulfill righteousness so that they will make heaven. So now, the devil can easily turn a spiritual thing into a religious thing. So, for example... While the word of God says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And the person will correct himself and say, hey, pastor, you are shaking my table. You are shaking my table and you return back to the table. So the devil has now turned that thing that was spiritual, supposed to produce correction into a jargon. Instead of the person to take counsel from it, it now becomes a jargon. So now, when pastor is even correcting something, it becomes like, hey, this one there is me. How are you? How are you comfortable that it is you and you are not looking forward to making a change? Songs of Solomon chapter 8. I'll start from verse 2. So it says, now, I don't want to start from verse 1 because too, much, too many details there and it will lead me into different message. <laughs> verse 1. Oh, that thou were as my brother, that sucked the breast of my mother. When I shall find thee without, I, I would kiss thee, yea, I should not be despised. Verse 2. I will lead thee and bring thee into my mother's house. Who would instruct me? I will cause thee to drink of spiced wine of the juice of my pomegranates. His left hand should be under my head and his right hand should embrace me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that he stare not up, nor awake my love until he please. Hey. He said, daughters of Jerusalem, don't stare up love. Hey. Daughters of Jerusalem. Anyway, that's not my message. One day I'll preach on daughters of Jerusalem. He said, don't stare up, nor awake my love until he please. Huh. Verse 5. Who is this? Oh, this is a prophetic book. He said, who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raised thee up under the apple tree. There thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. Verse 6. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. Hold on. Don't let anybody lie to you. This is the secret of a walk with God. Until your walk with God and your love for God comes to that place where it qualifies to be that this kind of love. Where it says, set me as a seal upon thy heart and a seal upon thy arm. For love is strong as death. Love is strong as death. Where there is this strong love for God. As strong as death. Your life in Christ has not started. Because you see, it is love 
that will push you to do the things you do for God. When you give your life to Christ, one of the first things the Holy Ghost does is that, Bible says, he shed the love of God abroad in your heart. Love. Many times, we term our selfishness as love. What we call love today is not love. It is our selfishness. Because, let me tell you what we call love. I have seen, I can only use man and woman to explain very well. I have seen a girl. She is fine for me. So I am going. It is not love. It is my selfishness. Because it is fine for me. Also, pastor, are you trying to say that I should go for what is not fine for me? No, no, we are examining love. I think we should examine it very well. Because what if it was not fine for me? I don't love. So many times, the thing we are calling love is our selfishness. You have come to church. You have seen a sister praying the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit. You said that you are going for the sister. It was selfishness. It was not love. Because probably that sister is in the development stages of her Christianity. So if you truly loved her, you will step back, let her grow. Wait. And vice versa. No, I have to defend my guys. Because the guys sometimes like as though, you know, yeah, sometimes the ladies, you see the guy praying and doing aya, aya. And instead of you to be seeing prayers, you are seeing something else. Then you tell the brother that, that, you know, the Lord was speaking to me, the spirit, the spirit of the Lord. Now listen, uh, someone has come to me like that before. The spirit said, you are my husband. And I said, no, I'm not your husband. She said, let's wait and see. Hey! They are bringing threats into the ministry. So, it is actually selfishness. It ticked all your boxes. So, who are you gratifying at the end? It was actually yourself. We have redefined love. I'll explain something to you. We are coming there. I said, that was not love. We brought the same mentality to the house of God. That same selfishness. When we came to the house of God, we came to God. Same mentality. Same selfishness. I love God. I love God. After singing, God, please, I need this. Because you see, true love is looking for what the partner wants. Because if I want to show him love, I cannot show him love at my terms. I will have to show the person love at his terms or at her terms. Because if the person says that, what means love to me is Gary in the morning. Forget about anything you want to give the person, whether expensive or not. Look for the Gary and give it to the person. One day I was listening to a young lady telling me, she said, men don't listen. Men don't listen. I said, tell me why. She said, because, you know, a certain man, you know, went to buy clothes for a lady, thinking that that's what impressed the lady. The lady said she didn't need the clothes. She would have preferred the money. See, so somebody would have preferred the money. So even though this guy has actually spent money to buy the clothes, it meant nothing to the lady. Listen. So love means something when it is looking out for the partner. That is how God designed it to be. This is how God designed it to be. He didn't design me to use him. What he designed is that I will look out for him, he will look out for me. That's how God designed it. I will look out for him, what he wants. He will look out for what I want. 
That's how those people can be. So, love begins with that. What does he want? I want to ask you a question. Have you ever asked yourself, what does God want? You see, you have come to the house of God thinking, God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, do this for me. Wrong. You are out of love. The things God does out of love, it will shock you. We'll, we'll look into the scripture, we'll see a lot of things. The things God does out of love, they are more dangerous than the things that he gives you out of your faith. When God is acting for someone who loves him, it is different. When God is acting on behalf of someone who loves him, it is different. He said, delight thyself in the Lord. And he said, he shall give you the desires of your heart. There are some people who are trying to make their desires come to pass. That is one level. There's another level where it is not the person's desire. The person is not trying to make his desire come to pass. At that point, God just makes his desire come to pass. That person, God does not um, grant the request of his lips. God grants the desires of his heart. Love is as strong as death. That's what the Bible says. Love is as strong as death. Toward me, toward God. When God looks upon a man, looks upon a woman and says that this person loves me, the kind of things that God does for the person, those things can never be quantified. Love, love, love is missing from the body of Christ. Everybody's looking for what they can milk from God. Everybody's looking for what they can get from God. Forgetting that if it is a true relationship of love, you are supposed to be looking out for God and not be looking out for yourself. We are climbing I, I see now. We are climbing in relationship now. In some, some part of relationship, you know, in some part of relationship, we'll tell you in your relationship with God, oh, speak and it shall come to pass. You know, you'll be looking out for yourself. At that time, you are, we, are, you are, we are growing. We are teaching you how to grow. When you grow, it now is more than speak and it will come to pass. At the time, we're looking out for what does God want? That's the question. What does God want? This camp We'll be looking for what God wants because you see, if we understand God's love language, we will be always on point with God. It will always strike his heart. There are some, you know, me personally, I don't really like gifts. I prefer the money. Bring the money. Understand? So if you go and buy me chocolate, I'll say thank you. The way I'll smile, you'll know I don't like it. <laughs> to you, you have expressed your love. But that's another selfishness. You are looking out for yourself. Oh, he will like this. So the best thing to do is to find out what he wants. What does God want? If you say you are in a love relationship with God, you love God. You love God. If you say you love God, you have to find out what God wants. So I said in this camp, we'll be looking out for what does God want? Not what do we think God wants. Not what do we think that we'll do for God. What does God want? Does God want what I'm doing? You see, uh, 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 the first thing I'll talk about concerning what God wants. I don't know if I should say it. I should say it. You want to know what God wants? I'm going to my notes. Hmm. This first one I'm about to share with you. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's start from verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can, put, can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear him. Verse 15. That's my point. That which has been is now. And that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. God requireth that which is past. That's what he's saying. I said, what does God want? Listen, we are not about to invent new love language for God. We are not about to invent how to please God. He said, God, he's looking for 
the thing he is looking for, he said, it is already in the past. So go and look in history. He said, you know, many of you are into, you know, new generation and all that. God is not interested in that. He required that which is past. So if you want to know what God wants, you have to go into history. Go and find out the people that work with God. Which of them did God say, oh, correct, wrong, correct, wrong. You only want copy. God requires that which is past. The life you are living, eh? the life you are living, somebody has lived exactly where you are, what you are living. Somebody has lived exactly what you are living. So when you look into that which is past, you will see the trajectory of your life. What you are doing, where it will end. It is in the scripture. God requires that which is past. God will always look for the thing. So when you come to God and say, oh God, what do you want? He will send you back into the scriptures. Go and look. Inside the scriptures, I, I, I endorse some things. I deleted some things. I destroyed some things. So forever and ever... Forever and ever, we know that in our advancement with God, looking back will never be accepted by God. Because Lot's wife looked back and she was turned into a pillow of salt. So forever and ever, it now stays in our mind. You know, I was talking to somebody one day. The person was saying, oh, this is how men are. This is how women are. Women, they like that when, you are, when they are talking, you listen. They don't want to tell you their birthday three times. Am I right? Is that correct? Is it true? Me, I don't know. I'm asking. They don't want to tell their birthday three times. They want to say, once, if you remember after that, they say, wow, so you were listening. The same way, the same way, God, in the scriptures, endorse certain things. All your life, you will not pick the story of Lord's wife. In fact, when it comes to the story of Lord's wife, the account is in the Old Testament. There is also a remembrance of it in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus says, remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. She turned back. So forever you walk with God, you will know one thing about God. That it doesn't matter what you are doing, when you turn back, God does. He said, if any man turn back, he said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So in your walk with God, you determine one thing. As I have started, there's no turning back because God does not have, his soul does not have pleasure in turning back. Remember Lord's wife. He said, God required that which is past. He said, whatever has been, that is what will be. So we are not about to invent new ways of loving God. We're not about to invent new ways of doing things that will please God. Like, for example, somebody will say, I serve God in my heart. Where in the Bible? Where in the Bible did people go to church inside their hearts? Where in the Bible did people go to church? The church is inside, so they are entering the church inside. Nowhere. Nowhere. Bible says Jesus Christ went into the synagogue as his custom was. Even Jesus went to church. Jesus, the living word. And he went into the church, opened the book of Isaiah. You know, there's something about the humility of Jesus Christ that we should learn a lot from. He was greater than Isaiah. He was the word of God. He was God himself. He looked at the book of Isaiah and he opened it. He went to John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, ah, ah, I cannot baptize you. He said, let it happen, oh. Let it happen, oh. He said, John the Baptist, let it happen. Why? Why should he let it happen? And I explained when I was teaching on spiritual legalities. Because John said, he said, let it happen, he says, so that it will fulfill all righteousness. Do you know what all righteousness means? All righteousness means that it will fulfill the pattern of God. Because there's a pattern of God. If it doesn't fulfill the pattern of God, the heavens cannot open. Because what Jesus wanted that day was for the heavens to open. And the spirit would descend on him like a dove. Now, he was on earth 30 years. Nothing happened. No heaven opened. Prayer couldn't open it. Fasting couldn't open it. You know, Pastor Claude was talking to you about authority. I tell you something. I said, obedience, eh? And humility has done more for me than prayer and fasting. This is the secret. I know people who pray than me, but they don't listen to anybody. Their road will be very long. So God required that which is past. 
Jesus wanted the heavens to open. The pattern of heaven is that he is going to go into the wilderness as the scapegoat. And the pattern, according to the Old Testament, was that it is the priest who will lay his hand on the scapegoat. Make sure you are listening. The priest will lay his hand on the scapegoat. After the priest lays his hand on the scapegoat, when you check the book of Deuteronomy, you see all those things that Moses said. When the priest lays his hand on the scapegoat, he will now carry the scapegoat. There's not, not the priest will carry the, uh, the, the, um, the, the scapegoat. The priest will lay hands on the scapegoat. Then a man called the fit man who has no name. This is what was happening in the Old Testament. A man called the fit, he's called a fit man. He will carry that scapegoat because there were two goats. There was the scapegoat and there was the goat of the Lord. The goat of the Lord stays in the camp. The scapegoat, the sin is on the scapegoat. So the fit man now carries the scapegoat into the wilderness and throws him off a cliff. So what was Jesus doing? At that time, Jesus, remember that John the Baptist was born to a priest called Zechariah. So he's from the family of Levi. Which um, gives him the accreditation to become a priest. It qualifies him to become a priest. So John the Baptist was a Levite. Therefore, he was a priest. He laid his hands on Jesus. The next, the Bible says, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Remember, the spirit has no name. So the spirit is the fit man. So Jesus knew that if John the Levite does not lay hands on because Jesus is from Judah. If John the Levite does not lay hands on him, the work of salvation. Remember what John said. John the Baptist said, on. he said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh the sin of the world. So, Jesus was making sure that the records were correct. The second reason, the second righteousness that he was fulfilling, the second righteousness that he was fulfilling was that he, Jesus, was supposed to be a priest. Remember what he said in the book of Hebrews? He said, thou art a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, you cannot be a priest if you don't come from the family of Levi. And Jesus is from Judah. So, he needs a Levite to lay hands on him so that the priesthood can come unto him. So, Jesus knew what he was doing. He said, permit it to be so. I know you are my cousin. Ba baptize me. After John baptized Jesus, his ministry of baptism was not mentioned again in the Bible. Any other person he's baptized, Sanquas. You know why? Because his ministry as a baptizer or as a Baptist eh, was the sign that God told him that while you are baptizing everybody, a certain person will come. The heavens will open on him. He is the one. So, all the time he was baptizing people, that was not the main reason. The main reason for all his baptizing was that Jesus would come. It was the sign given to him. So, after he baptized Jesus, his story in the Bible ended. Any other person he baptized is his business. God required that which is past. I tell, I tell many young people, especially young preachers, you know, youthful exuberance makes them forget that, you know, he said that which has been is that which will be. The best thing we can do is to refer to history. Many young people are trying to discredit their fathers. It will not work. Because with the fathers is the heritage of God. With the fathers is an experience with God that will be beneficial to our work. When we listen to the fathers, we will omit many mistakes. Because they will tell us their successes, they will tell us their mistakes. We will go in the direction of their success, then we will also omit the mistakes. So that our trajectory can be faster. God require it that which is past. What does God want? What does God want? He said, God, first of all, he requires, he wants that which has passed. What has passed? What is it that God ever endorsed? What is it that God ever endorsed? What is it that God did not endorse? What is it that God said, this is my love language. This is not my love language. If we want to know anything that God requires, 
and anything God endorsed, I know one. I know one. I know one. I know somebody. I know somebody. I know somebody. His name is David. His name is David. I know somebody. His name is David. He said, this man is after my own heart. He said, David is after my own heart. There was no man. God talked about passionately like David. God talked about David as though David was living in heaven with him. A priest is supposed to eat the, the, the showbread in the temple. There was something called the showbread. The priest is supposed to eat the showbread. In the Bible, a certain king went to try to do what the priest should do. God struck him with leprosy. Another king tried to do what the priest should do. God killed him over there. David went to the temple. He was hungry. He took the showbread and he ate. Nothing happened to him. We all don't hold the same value before God. There are people God loves. Let me say this thing. Oh no, the Bible says, if God so loved the world that he gave, gave us over. We are all important to God, but we all don't hold the same value before God. There's a difference. We are all important to God. We all don't hold the same value before God. I'll give you an example. Job had children. God said, touch everybody, don't touch Job. I didn't know human beings. I don't know human beings. Job's children, or they are half human. They also human beings. He said, touch everybody. That's why I tell people, you cannot live off the prayers of your mother. <laughs> At a point, God will expect you to also pray. God requires that which is past. I said, I know a man. I know a man who went to the temple and took the showbread and ate it. And God didn't do anything to him. He said, my boy. Now, have you seen it before? They are, they are, they are, they are, they are setting, you know. You know I, told, I told you I'll be using, you know, man and woman to explain to you. That's why you understand very well. There are some ladies who call you, baby. say, hey, don't call me that. Eh? Is it true? The lady will call you, hey, baby. Please, we are not like that. Don't be. I don't like that, those things. But there's another person who say, hey. Oh. The person didn't say, hey. Oh. The same with the ladies. You might be passing. A, a certain guy will touch you like, ah. No, is it true? Someone will touch you say, ah. I know a lady who was at the airport. She was coming for that point. One of the soldiers held their hand. So why did you hold me? Why did you hold me? That same person. Another person will put his hand around the head. Like, oh. Same person. So the person doesn't have a problem with holding the hand. It is who is holding the hand. So the, the king who went to eat, you know, there are some people there. Eh? They are, everything with them, between them and God, everything is correct, 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 correct. And they are, they are, their relationship with God is, okay, you said, thou shalt not sin. Okay, I don't sin. Thou shalt not move. I don't move. There's that. No relationship with God. Everything is, you say I should not do it. I'll not do it. You say I should do it. I'll do it. No relationship with God. You see? So, those kind of people, because it's like that with God, the day they make a mistake, they have to go. That's it. Because that's their relationship with God. It is give and take. No relationship with God. No sacrificial time with God. No intimate time with God. I know a man. Go to First Samuel 21. I'll show you verse 5. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy. And the bread is in a manner common. Yea. Though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. Now, this bread is for the priest. <laughs> Verse 6, David. So the priest gave him hallowed bread. For there was no bread there, but the show bread. That was taken from before the Lord. To put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day. Detained before the Lord. And his name was Doeg, an Edomite. The chiefest of the headmen that belonged to Saul. Now hold on. David has eaten hallowed bread. Nothing is wrong. He did what pertains to the priest. Saul, one day, went to offer sacrifice before God. He waited for Samuel. Waited, 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 waited. Samuel was not coming. He took the sacrifice and sacrificed it himself. Then Samuel came unto him. He said, 
Who told you to sacrifice this thing? And he said, you are not coming, so I decided to sacrifice it. God rejected him for doing what the priest should have done. David also went to eat bread. That was for the priest. God did not touch him. What was about David? What was about David that God will always be pardoning the guy? What was about David that even after he is gone, the Bible says that when we come back in the millennial reign after the rapture of the church, David will still be king. The Bible says that God gave him an everlasting dynasty. I told you, I said, when it comes to God, that's what the scripture says. It said, love is strong as death. So, God can love somebody so much that he said that even though David is dead and he's in heaven, when we come back, David is going to be king again. That's how strong his love was. We're going to look at certain things about David. Number one, his passion. David was passionate toward God. 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 It was not passive. He, it was pure passion. It was not passive. We can see it from how he danced. So he danced so much that his wife was embarrassed. That's why I tell people. I say, you cannot worship. You know, some of you, you are, you are new, so you don't understand. You cannot worship God in your... I say, I'm worshiping God in my heart and I'm standing. They are singing a song. In my heart, I'm, I'm worshiping. All my life, you have been faithful. Then I'll live to one another. All my life, in my heart. God knows my heart. God knows my Bible says, God is a God of knowledge with whom actions are weighed. Actions are weighed. God does not only weigh your heart, he weighs your actions. The passion that's in your heart. Now, every time the Bible talks about worship, they will say he bowed down and worshiped. He lifted his hand and worshiped. He lay on the floor and worshiped. There's no worship in the heart. And Jesus Christ said, that those that worship, worship in spirit and in truth. He said in spirit, that's one. In truth means according to the word of God. Worship always comes with an action. Either an offering or a poster. David was passionate. He was so passionate that God realized that David was passionate. I said he danced and his skirt was removing. His wife was embarrassed on behalf of him. All the while, I've told, I've told this thing at Thanksgiving. All the while David was dancing, God did not appear to say, David, I like what you are doing. David, I like what you are doing. That's how God is, you know. He will, he will behave like he doesn't like what you are doing. You know now. You'll be going to church every day. God is not saying anything. It's like he has not seen. So David was dancing. Dancing, dancing. He was enjoying. God didn't say anything. When the wife spoke against it, God appeared. That means God had been watching the dance. God had been joining the dance. All the time David was doing, God was watching. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. He didn't say anything. The Bible actually says that David played before God. That means that day, that dance was not even rehearsed. He was just dancing like a little child. No, no rehearsal. He was just, Bible says he played before God. No wonder when this guy makes a mistake, God says, let us pardon him. If, if I let this guy go, there are not many. Nobody will play before me like that. Everybody who comes before me, let us look upon the law. He said in Psalm 63, he said, my God, my God, Early will I seek thee. Early. He said, he said, oh God. Psalm 63 verse 1. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Many people will say God. He didn't say God. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Personal God. You are my God. The guy had a relationship with God. Thou art my God. He said, Ellie, will I seek thee. Let me explain seek. No, I said I'm going to use the guy and girl to explain it to you. Ellie, will I seek thee. Why? God is not missing. Why is he seeking him? God is not lost. Why is he seeking him? This is the meaning of that seek. The meaning of that seek is you are with somebody. You already know the person. The boy is probably your wife. But you are still noticing the person to see certain things that he still likes that you don't know. You are still learning. You are still attentive. Learning about the person. Learning about the person. You don't say that, oh, the last time she said she liked ice cream. So every day, ice cream. Every day, ice cream. Morning, ice cream. Evening, ice cream. 
Another time you notice that she's chewing granite. So okay, she probably likes granite. So now you buy ice cream, you put granite on it. He said, Ellie, will I seek thee? That means I'm still finding out things that you, God, you like. I'm still finding out. I'm still finding out. Ellie, will I seek thee? He, and he said, Ellie, Ellie, because you see, when you start seeking God late, it's too late. He said, Ellie, if you're going to, because God's, God is vast. And if you're going to seek God, you have to start early. Ellie, will I seek thee? Then he says, the, the, the words used here, the words used here. He said, my soul tested for thee. Mm. Can a human being talk like this? My soul tested for thee that means when god is there i'm testing for god i'm hungry for god i told a couple one time i said the sign that god is doing something in your life is hunger and test that's the sign that god when you notice that all of a sudden you want to hear a message you want to hear the you know the gospel you want to go for cell meeting when that thing starts it is god at work in you because when that thing is not in you you cannot be filled he said that i will pour water upon him that is thirsty so god does not pour water on people who are not thirsty he said my soul tested for thee then he said, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. That means no matter what is going around me, people might not love God. But as for me, as for me, he said, that it's a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But still, I test for you. I test for thee. He said, when I remember thee in the night watches. While we were in Best Western, I taught them. I said, David said, I remember thee in the night watches. That means I remember God every, th-. he said, I remember thee upon my bed every three hours. Every three hours, David will wake up. Every three hours. My beloved is every three hours. The most beautiful among thousands and thousands. You you wake up in the morning. Testing after God. Not looking for what God would give him. He's not looking for what God would give him. He's going to lavish passion on God. Passion, passion. David was passionate, passionate about God. Passionate about God. He learned to dance before God. He learned to sing to God. He learned to lift up his hands. He learned it. He would always do it for God. And it looked as though God was not enjoying it. It looked as though God was not enjoying it. It is when he stops that God will show up. You stop singing, oh. You stop singing. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first love You're still my only one You're still my first love You're still my only one You're still my first love After all these years you're still my only one. You know, this song, the first day I heard it, oh, I broke down in my room. I broke down in my room. Oh, it's been years of finding Jesus. But I still don't replace him with anything. Anytime I see something entering my heart, trying to replace God, I, I retract my steps. Because what does God want? He wants my passion. He wants my passion. He wants me to maintain him as first love. He wants me to maintain him as first love. He told the Ephesians church, he said, repent and return to your first love. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. 
After all these years, you're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first love. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first love. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my only one. You're still my best love. You're still my best love. You're still my only one. You're still my only one. No, we are still singing. I'm not going to stop singing until you connect with it because. If, if you don't if you don't understand this you are far from what God wants so if I catch yourself in a corner in a corner nobody's there you are still singing it you're still my best after all these years you're still my only one you're still my best love replace you with anything Lord I will not replace you with preaching God you're still mine I cannot replace you with ministry God you're still my first love you're still my only one yeah After all these years of being saved, you're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my only one. You're still my first love. You're still my first love. You're still my. sometimes you came to church you came to Christ you were so full you were so full all you wanted was God every time you're praying in tongues every time you're praying in tongues now you become a cell leader you don't even pray again you don't even pray again you don't even have intimate times with God again all your members see you when you go for some meeting, they see you praying. It's hardly that spiritual. But only you and God know that that secret place, that sacred space, is no more. It's been years of being saved. And He's still my first love. He's still my first love. 
years ago everything i was doing as a fellowship leader you know i've told you many stories i was a fellowship leader i had people pastor claude pastor becky they all my members at a point in ministry about a space of three years all of them were taken away from me i thank god that happened they were taken away from me i thank god that happened you know why because you see at that point it took me back to first love at that time you have no member you have nobody to impress you better pray to god for yourself you better worship god for yourself at that time nobody to impress again at that time when i enter my room i face my wall i face my wall i begin to pray not for anything because i had nothing to do but you're still my first love you're still to do something between you and God only you and God know if first love is no longer there they want to repent that's what he told the official church he said repent and return to the first works return to that every 3 a.m. waking up to pray return they want to repent they want to repent here if you know that between you and God First love is no longer there. You're going to kneel down now. You're going to go on your knees. You will sort it out here. Look for a space around there. And you and God settle it. Lord, you're still my first love. Nothing can replace you in my heart. Nothing can replace you in my life. Thank you, Lord. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. If you want to sort out your first love issues with God, go on your knees. Let's pray. Settle the matter with God. Talk with Him. After all these years, you're still my only one. You're still my only one. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. Returning to the secret place, just an altar and the flame. Love is found here in a sacred space. I hear your voice, I see your face. There's a table. Just for you and me Break the bread and pour the wine 
perfect union nothing in between I am yours and you are mine I first love remember some of the things that you did when you were first born again remember some of those things remember how you go to church whether you have transport or not remember even if it's 15 years ago remember remember your first love remember how you would give anything just for the gospel remember when you are coming to first love Remembrance is very important. That's why he told me, he said, remember your first love. Remember from whence thou hast fallen. 